Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. It's Wolf and Luke heading into Wild Card Weekend. It's a great time of year for sports. Oh, this is one of my favorite weekends of the year. It's kind of, I always look at, at March and October as the two best sports months, and I'm, I'm not going to come off that, but this January is like, it's it's in there. It's kind of yeah. an underrated one because you've got basketball and hockey going, and obviously you got the NFL playoffs starting tomorrow. Back to basketball, and you heard the, the Jay Crowder stuff there in Sarah Cazell's update. We talked about that earlier. We're going to get back into it here in a little bit. But right now, I want to play this clip. This is from Brian Windhorst on NBA Today yesterday because, again, now we're under four weeks till the NBA trade deadline. And it doesn't mean you have to make a trade four weeks before the deadline. you got to make it just before the deadline. It could be two minutes. But the Suns... Inactivity coupled with, and, and this even goes back to the offseason a little bit, inactivity coupled with all the losing lately, I think rightfully so, has fans wondering, okay, what, what sort of deals are coming? And then you hear whispers like, well, you know, maybe Robert Sarver uh, has to sign off on stuff that makes things a little more complicated. This is Brian Windhorst, NBA Today yesterday, just explaining the entire situation right now. We know that they've got Jay Crowder sitting out. You know they're desperate for players. So you're saying, why will they not trade Jay Crowder to get help? And the reason is, is they've got three quasi-owners. Like, nothing I've seen before in my 20 years covering the NBA. They have Sam Garvin, who is the acting owner right now for Robert Sarver, who is in the middle of selling the team because he is suspended. But while Sam Garvin has said he has the authority to make trades, he actually doesn't. Because under the rules that the, the league put down under the suspension, Robert Sarver is allowed to, to say yes or no to any trade for a player that makes over $10 million, which is who Jay Crowder is. Any trade almost certainly has to go on Sarver's desk. Meanwhile, Matt Ishbia is going to try to take control of this team within the next month. I'm not sure that the league is going to get through with their vetting process, but he's hoping to get control of the team ahead of the trade deadline so he can have a decision on who the trade is. So the, the, the Phoenix Suns front office, James Jones, is trying to help his team. He's got different people saying yes or no that he's got to sign off on. It's mm. very, very difficult for them to get something done, not mm. to mention the trade market's tight. Um, that's not good. <laughs> that did not sound good. Brent, can I talk to you over here for a minute right now? Just how sure are you about everything you just said? Because if, it, if it's legit, um, yeah, that is not good. I'm going to go ahead and put stretch. that in the negative that's, that's category. That's in the negative category right there, man. Um, you know, of everything that he said right there, hopefully, if there's one thing that could possibly happen, it would be Matt Ishbia somehow, some way, suddenly is able to take control and you get charged before the trade deadline. If I'm Matt Ishbia, I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, I'm buying this team four-ish billion dollars, right? Somewhere in that range. And I'm getting this team and I'm getting them as they're they're in a championship window. I know Suns detractors are like, they're not in a championship window. They're, they're still in a championship window. It just doesn't look like they're going to win one. Um, so if I'm Matt Ishbia, I'm looking at this and I'm like, hey, if I'm going to buy this team, let me get in there and have some say on this season because this is a wasted good year. Right. This When I say they're in their championship window, I'm saying this is not like, hey, you know, we really wasted the Suns 2015 season. Cool. They were terrible. This is a team that came into the season off a 64-win season. You can't just throw a year like this away. And if I'm Matt Ishbia, I want control. If I'm Sam Garvin, I'm just like, I don't even know what I can really do. And if I'm Robert Sarver, honestly... This is 
on your way out, if they win, I think you would get a ring. What, would you really stand in the way? Are you really that upset and petty about would he, this? Would he honestly get a ring? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, starting, I'm thinking about that. Would he? Um, I I feel like the league has messed up here somehow, <laughs> don't you? Where it's just kind of like, oh yeah, we were uh, we were setting stuff up for All Star Weekend and we forgot we completely screwed the Suns. Yeah, um, I don't know what to say about this, Basin earnings. I really do not. I don't know how Jay Crowder suddenly is messing up everything for the Phoenix Suns going forward, too. Like, he's somehow, some way, is it because Jay Crowder? You're already paying Jay Crowder, correct? Yes. Yeah. You're already paying him. Really getting so, your money's worth on that so one. So now, are you talking about because it's over $10 million, his salary, that you're paying him already? You're getting rid of Jay Crowder, and Robert Sarver is objecting to that because it's over $10 million, his salary, so he actually has say in that? Is that what you're saying? He's blocking getting rid of Jay Crowder? Well, I don't know if he's blocking it, but I just think everything is so... He might be blocking it. First of all, he might be blocking it. <laughs> but the yeah, second but that, thing, what an obstructionist that would be. Well, what, what a, what a, you think opaque. he's really happy with the league right now? Oh, I just can't even see that. How opaque would that be? Why not? Well, you know, hypothetically speaking, what if you were you were trading him for draft picks? Even though that sounds a little crazy, but who knows? Yeah, well, you're tra- you're going to trade him for that. That's what you're going to get. That was the best value you were going to get. Yeah. He would save a little money, yeah. a little some some. <laughs> You know, stick it in his back pocket right there. <laughs> it's Next four to the billion. four billion he's getting, or whatever the two billion. I, I guess he really gets. are. You going out with your bottom lip out after you sold the team for four billion dollars? I don't think so. See, I, I think what it is is more of just another complicating factor. And I think about what you were saying earlier this week when we were talking about the Cardinals GM situation and how I think both of us agree. You don't really want co-GMs. Like, you have to have a hierarchy, right? Yeah. This is the exact opposite of that. Okay, well, let's start at the very top. Uh, we have three people. Okay, well, that's an issue. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> three people that I'm not sure totally, like, one of them thinks he has power, but maybe doesn't. One of them maybe has power, but has moved on. And the other one wants the power, and he's he should right. have it, but he doesn't have it quite yet. Yes. And oh, by the way, the trade deadline is in 27 days. Yes, the triumvirate of terror, so to speak. That's a, not a bad name for it. Um. Yeah, so I, I really don't understand this. It's a situation, again, are you talking about because his salary's over $10 million, he can block Jay Crowder from being traded? Everybody or, in the NBA's salary is over $10 million. because whoever you're going to trade him for? Not That's, everybody. Not no, everybody no, makes over average, $10 million. But it just, dollars. Every, everybody... That you're looking for in a trade probably makes over $10 million. Uh, okay. That's exactly. the league average. 10.8, I believe, is like the league average. Right. But once yeah. again, I mean, there are guys who make less than well, $10 I million. Because otherwise it would be okay, a weird I'm, average. I'm just saying, you get my point. Which one is it? That's what I don't understand. Where's the lawyer? Where, where's Vinny? Where is Vin? Uh, is Vinny he? actually did not go to law school. Uh, he did. No. He just <laughs> pretends he does. He walks around no, and acts he, like he... He just knows random movie trivia from the 80s. That doesn't make you a lawyer. Okay, well, he, you know, <laughs> these guys, they remember a lot of stuff, man. No, I'm just telling he probably you. would have the answer. We also could call like Monica Lindstrom, <laughs> okay. who actually is a lawyer. We yes. have her on the show. I just... What an obstructionist. Is that what you're saying? Robert Sarver? You're going to kick us all in the cradle on the way out the door? Well, Come on, man. It's either that or it's just... it's. There's three owners... And if you're James Jones, you're trying to pull off three team trades while you have three owners of your own and you got to deal with the other two owners in the trade. I think it just is a complicating factor. At some point in time, you're going to have to trade Jay Crowder and you're going to have to <laughs> yes. get something. Yeah, you would 
for Jay so. Crowder. This is insane that this has not happened yet. Anything Although, for Jay Crowder. Maybe maybe we're getting a little more insight into why. Uh, all right, when we come back, who's going to sway these games this weekend? We're going to play a wild card weekend edition of Fulcrum Football next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona's sports. It's part of the NFL. It's not easy. It's not easy to win in the NFL. Everybody want to win. Who or what is the tipping point? That's going to be key to our success. This is Fulcrum Football with Wolf and Luke. All right, by now you should know the rules for Fulcrum Football. In case this is your first time listening to the show, or at least the segment, uh, we're picking the players. We typically do this for Cardinals games, but Cardinals are not in the playoffs. Breaking news. Um, typically, we just go through and pick the players most likely to swing the game, for better or for worse, right? It can be a guy that you're like, yeah, you know, if this guy doesn't show up, they're done. Or maybe this guy is going to completely change the game. We try to avoid quarterbacks. What are, how are we going to handle that this week, Will, for quarterbacks oh, in no, play? You've, you've got to put quarterbacks in play okay. for this week. Quarterbacks no about in play yeah. for this week. Okay, so what we're going to do, though, with no uh, Cardinals, we're just going to look at all of the games from Wild Card Weekend. You can pick any player from any of those 12 teams, but they're supposed to be the players most likely to swing the results of the games this weekend. Here is the coin toss. Oh, look, you won. Oh, you're kidding me right now. Okay, that's great. Um, Gather on the transistor and press the ear. My first fulcrum football player of the entire weekend. There's one player I want. Can you just not take him? Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Oh, my goodness. you got to be kidding me right now. Can you imagine what is running through this guy's head right now, even as we speak, Basin Onions? Local boy. He's done us all proud. Brock Purdy quarterbacking the San Francisco 49ers right now. Wild card weekend. He is going to have a massive impact on this team going forward, one way or the other. He is the fulcrum. He is the epitome of a fulcrum football player who's going to change the outcome of games for the San Francisco 49ers. Might be positive, might be negative. Can you you imagine if the 49ers go all the way? He will start his career in the NFL 10-0. He will have won the Super Bowl before he lost a game. Oh, my goodness. And I think we would all have to agree. It's funny. I heard the morning show talking about this uh, today where, you know, when, when he took over, nobody. We were all on the same page. Everybody. I don't just mean like you and I. I don't mean this radio. St- I mean, everybody was like, oh, yeah, they can win with Brock Purdy. Most of us never having seen him play in the NFL. What with him never having played in the NFL before? There was this thought of, oh, that team's so good they can just win anyway because they weren't asking Jimmy G to do that much. But I think we'd all agree Brock Purdy has contributed. He hasn't just been sitting back watching his teammates win. No, he hasn't been just a game manager. But once again, at some point in time, this is going to be it right here. This is going to be the test at some point in time. The 49ers are going to need their quarterback to win them a game. It it happens almost inevitably. If, in fact, they're going to win a Super Bowl, go all the way to the Super Bowl, including playing on Wild Card Weekend and going all the way to the Super Bowl at some point, you're going to need your quarterback to win you a game in the fourth quarter. All right, my first pick. This is not who I wanted to take, but I think I can wait on who I want. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the Buffalo Miami game. If Miami is to have any chance, they have to keep it lower scoring and close, and hope for, as you always say, crazy Carl or just some sort of ridiculous play. And the guy that usually makes those is Tyreek Hill. So I'll take totally. 
<laughs> totally, totally Tyreek. Tyreek Hill. So I'll go with Tyreek Hill. I don't think Miami has a chance, but if we're in here on Tuesday talking about Miami winning, pretty confident Tyreek Hill would have had something to do with so it. So you're talking about a wide receiver in a cold weather city where but it could just... I don't just, think they have a chance. They've got precip coming out of nowhere in Orchard Park, New York. Suddenly, look, it's one of the coolest things you could possibly see, Basin Onions. You see the lake effect snow just materialize right over the city. Like, bam! Out of nowhere. There's no clouds! There's nothing! And all of a sudden, <laughs> they form and start dumping. It is okay. <laughs> so all of a sudden, no Tyreek Hill with his 424. Um, now he's going to be like the a, difference in the game? Might slam, slow him down to like a 4-2-8. Okay, listen. Um, my second fulcrum football player has got to be Kirk Cousins. I'm sorry. Let's see what's going on here. Yes, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Pick, but it really is. This guy, 1-3 in the postseason right now. He has been more than adequate in the regular season. He is a pro. There's no denying that. Kirk Cousins right now, 1-3 in the playoffs. Everyone knows the narrative surrounding him. He can't win the big one. Man, he's made an awful lot of money. He's, oh boy, and he has. And he's posted some pretty good numbers as well. Until it gets to the point you need him to play his best when it matters most. Then all of a sudden he struggles. Well, this is the beginning of that. The Vikings have had a great year. Can you win a game in the postseason and go to two and three in the postseason as opposed to one and four? Yeah, Kirk Cousins can already feel it. Uh, if we were smart, we would have done this where we just drafted quarterbacks from these games, but we are not. And now instead well, my of, third is not a quarterback. Well, but that would have been the easier way to do this. And yeah. we could pivot, but we're not going to because I'm going to take a defensive player with oh, my good. next pick. I'm going to go to the Monday night game. And I'm going to take Micah Parsons. No, you this did not. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. <laughs> I mean, really? I love how you went from anger Micah to singing Parsons, along. That was my third. Was man. it really? Totally, yeah, oh, nice. God, tell me why totally. you want Micah Parsons. Well, I, you know my thoughts. Everything's going to break just right for Brady, and it's, it's lined up to do that. <laughs> but the one guy on Dallas I trust to make plays and get in the way of that is Micah Parsons. He's he's the only guy, as, as we talk this out, like, I don't trust Mike McCarthy in a playoff game. I want to trust Dak, but I don't totally yet. I kind of think Tony Pollard might be the more effective running back than Zeke right now. I haven't seen CeeDee Lamb do it in the playoffs. Like, I trust Micah Parsons. Why, why do you talk about these guys like they're family members or something like that? They're, they're inside <laughs> your collective psyche, your, your soul. Because you know what? I, I want to see this from him. I want to see it. Why are you talking like that, Logan? Uh, it's, I think you're thinking of yourself talking about Kirk Cousins. <laughs> He's such a pro. Yes, he gets paid to play football. That Micah Parsons. I was fair. I, first of all, I love Michael. I don't want Brady okay? in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm sick of it. Yeah, you know, honestly, I, no, no way do I want to see that either. And I love Todd. No, not this oh, year. I love like, Toddy, Toddy, like, Toddy. When Brady was on, when that was that Patriots team that was like undefeated, and they had Randy Moss, and they were clearly the best team in the league. That's fine, but they are they are not a good team. They don't deserve to be in the Super Bowl. And I can totally see him being there, being like, "Well, nobody's ever believed in me in my career, yeah, and here I, I am." I know. What What are we going to have to do to make Tom Brady? Retire. That is the question. Oh, I don't think he's retiring. Well, see, well, you know, if you watched him play this year, 
Oh, man, I, Tom, you made the right decision, and then you recanted on your decision. You looked good in the last few minutes against Carolina. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't you know. know. He really worked his way through that tough that's not, division. That's not Dallas right now. No, Michael Parsons, not. I think, is going to be the difference maker in that game. Um, the Buccaneers really have struggled to run the ball with any type of consistency this year. It's been Brady, man. It's going to have to be Brady. So that is fascinating. Well done by you. My next fulcrum football player is going to be Saquon Barkley. Uh, Saquon! Why did you groan right Because that would have been my next pick. That was your yeah. next pick right I'm trying there. to figure out who's an impact player in that Giants-Vikings game that isn't like Justin Jefferson. Like, who's the big guy for the Giants? And it's obviously Saquon. Yeah, Saquon Barkley, of course. Um, first of all, give him the ball, man. I don't care how many times you got to line up and run the ball. Line up and run it. The Minnesota Vikings are okay. Um, they're not great. They're near the bottom third, as a matter of fact, but I would put them number 20, number 22. That's where they're ranked in terms of rushing yards per game and rushing yards per play. Um, They're not great at stopping the run. The Giants' ability to run the ball is going to help Daniel Jones out tremendously. If, in fact, Saquon Barkley starts hurting the Minnesota Vikings, that's when you'll know, Basinonians, that the Giants have a chance to win this game because of the quad. Feed him the ball. As a matter of fact, if I'm Saquon Barkley, I'm demanding you give me the ball because I'm going to win us a game. Saquon Barkley, my final. The quad. Daquan, my final fulcrum football. We did an amazing job of this. We're going to get through three rounds when there are six games to choose from. We're going to get through six total players. I'm going to go back to that San Francisco game where you took Brock Purdy, and I'm going to take Christian McCaffrey. It's called the Danger Witch. And it's dangerously good. That's a good one. I can't even believe Christian McCaffrey was around until this late. Really? The the thing with that game, and I think San Francisco's coming out of the NFC. That that would be my NFC Super Bowl team. But can't you kind of see Seattle for no real reason being able to keep that game closer than it should be? And then at that point, I just trust McCaffrey to kind of put them away in the second half. Yeah, you know what I think? Um, I wasn't listening to what you were saying. I wasn't either. I was actually one of those words saying, wasn't even really Christian a word. McCaffrey. I'm weighing. Why would he be? Why? Why he's still around? Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because the 49ers have such a deep roster in so many ways of beating you. You forget about Christian McCaffrey. You do. Their defense will shut you down, lock you down. Oh, you like running the ball? Perish the thought against the 49ers. Oh, you want to throw the ball? Yeah, right. Good luck with that as well. Their defense is ridiculous. And oh, by the way, you better have a good front seven. Because they're going to they're gonna line up and run your face right off. And then you think of Christian McCaffrey. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but he's they're undefeated since they got him, and he's the guy. If, if that game is somehow close in the second half, he's, to me, the guy that, for so many different reasons, can be the one to put Seattle away. Or it could just be Fred Werner. Or maybe just football. Debo Samuel. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a scary football team. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, we're going to look ahead to Suns-Timberwolves tonight. It's game day with K-Ray. Kevin Ray will stop by from Bally Sports. Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Totally. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cash it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. And catching bodies on his way to the rack. 
Sons. Game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. All right, it's time to talk a little Suns Timberwolves tonight. Kevin Ray of Valley Sports joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right now. It is game day with K Ray. K, what's going on, man? Up, Friday Kay? the 13th. Well, I can proudly state, guys, that uh, I am not questionable. We will be ready to go tonight. Me and my guy, Eddie Johnson, we will not be game time decisions. We will be there on the floor, ready to go. So, I mean, if that clears anything up for you. No, I love that right there, Kay. The certitude (laughs) in what you were speaking. It it, kind of clears, like, if they they had to pull Eddie out there to hit some threes, is he willing to do that? Because they might, we're like a week away from that. Come on, Luke. You you know Eddie Johnson. I mean, if, if a loose ball came over during the broadcast, he would be locked and loaded to shoot the three. He's not going to look to pass. He will look to shoot the three, and he would want to put that on his career stack. <laughs> uh, all right, this game tonight, it's not like Minnesota is an easy team by any means, but they are, of, of the teams in this 10-game stretch, Going into it, at least, they were the only team sub-500, and all of a sudden, the team right next to the Suns in the standings. Um, what do you what do you make of the importance of this one tonight? Because we're at the halfway point now, and you are a half game ahead of Minnesota in that play-in tournament. Yeah, it's, look, it's, it's important for a number of reasons. Uh, you know, just like the, the win against Golden State was important. You know, it's, it's important for the guys who are dressing out. Um, you know, this team has spent, it, it feels like the entire month of December and the first start of 2023 on the road. And, there's just something to to road losses because you factor that in with the travel and you know early morning arrivals and look it it, it it's the reality of the situation you know you hear you hear coaches say the food tastes better you know when you win you sleep better on the road when you win well the same can be said in reverse when you lose you know the food maybe doesn't taste quite as good and the the betting doesn't feel quite right on the road so there's just something something necessary about getting a win and it doesn't matter who the opponent is doesn't matter who dresses out you just want to find a way to get a win yeah, you know, speaking of that right there, the T-Wolves, what? They've won four of their last 5K. What can you tell us about the Timberwolves? Well, they're, they're a little bit of an enigma and really have been this entire season, even, even when they were healthy. But, you know, it's funny because they have the exact same record with Carl Anthony Towns as they do without Carl Anthony Towns. Mm. And, and, the, and they're a team, you know, they're, they're 10 and 11 with and 10 and 11 without. They're also a team like the Suns that's lost to, you know, one of the worst teams and they are the worst team in, in Detroit. They've lost twice to them in 12 days. And that was the one loss. As you pointed out, they had won four straight before getting knocked off by Detroit and not just knocked off, but they got blown out by Detroit. Detroit put 135 points on the scoreboard against them. And they could be without Anthony Edwards tonight because he left that game in the third quarter with right hip soreness. So he is listed as questionable. Um, so th- this is a game, I think, that that for the Suns, you know, if they can come out and even come close defensively to what they did against Golden State, I like their chances because, look, it's no secret what they are missing offensively, guys. And because of that, they have been the team, the, the league's lowest scoring uh, team over the last several games. So 
in order to try to make up for that, you've got to defend. You've got to defend like your hair is on fire, which means getting steals, which means transition buckets, early offense. And hopefully that will be helped by the return of DeAndre Ayton because it certainly looks like uh, the big man will be back on the floor tonight for the Suns. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, uh, Kay, obviously we've talked a lot about injuries. It's, there's no way to avoid it with this team. I, I guess I'd go the other way with it, though. From what you've seen, it can be all season. It, certainly it's been amplified in the last month with all these guys out. Has anybody surprised you that has stepped in, or maybe not even surprised, but just kind of given you some encouragement that these guys, when they all get healthy, so-and-so might still be a contributor here down the stretch? Well, a, a guy that uh, I thought was really starting to trend in the right direction, and, and he continues to do so pretty consistently, and that's the, the former Timberwolf, uh, Josh Okoge. Uh, Josh just plays, you know, the, the, just plays the game the right way. He plays relentlessly if he's playing nine minutes or if he's playing, you know, 34 minutes. And his activity on the offensive glass has been, you know, truly impactful for this team. And I, you know, I think Josh has really settled, settled into his role and gotten a, a greater understanding of what, you know, Monty Williams and this staff uh, want and need from him. And I think, and EJ and I talked about this the other night on the telecast that, you know, when they do become whole and let's hope it's, you know, sooner than later that Josh is one of those guys that can be a difference maker late in the season and hopefully the postseason. It's okay. You alluded to it right there, but you expect DeAndre Ayton to play tonight. I, I do. Uh, I, I won't go on record and say he's definitely playing, but uh, I, I think that uh, the, the odds are trending that way that we'll see 22 in uniform and not in street clothes tonight. What would you like to see from him specifically, Kay? Well, look, I mean, I, I want to see that same guy. I want to see the, the productivity following up from, from the words of D.A. He, you know, without Chris Paul and without Devin Booker, you know, D.A.'s been pretty vocal. And he, he's been able to back that up, you know, a few times. And, frankly, they're, they're going to need a big game from him. And, and I know it's asking a lot because he's been sidelined coming off the, the ankle sprain. Uh but this is your time, man. Uh, when, when the other guys are out, we've seen Mikkel Bridges. I thought Mikkel stepped up in, in huge ways against Golden State. Um, so I think those are two guys because of their, you know, their pedigree and their experience with one another. And really, as the leaders on this team right now, uh, you, you need a big game from him. You, you need a double-double. You need an impactful night from him defensively um, and really force the hand of Chris Finch because the Suns have been able to do that by getting Rudy Gobert off the floor. Uh, now, granted, they're, they're missing some of their you know most potent small ball lineup players, but if you can do that, you're going to go a long way in getting out of here with a W tonight. Kevin Ray, great stuff as always, man. Always good to talk to you. Thank Thanks, you. Kay. You got it, boys. Have a great weekend. Yeah, brother. You too. That's Kevin Ray of Bally Sports right there joining us for Game Day with K-Ray, Suns T-Wolves tonight. If you are into looking at the standings, now we'll grant you it's still maybe a little early for that, but but not it's, we're not two weeks in. We're past the halfway point. This is suddenly a very meaningful game because Minnesota is in 10th and the Suns are tied in 7th, a half game ahead of Minnesota and Utah and one game ahead of Portland. Man, it's... <laughs> 
it's intense down there around the play-in tournament right now. But I think more than anything else, they just need to win. Uh, all right, we come back over to football. We all assume Colt McCoy is going to be part of the equation for the Cardinals next season, especially at the start of the season. Are we sure, though, that he actually wants to come back and keep playing? He had some interesting comments. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show here. Looking at the uh, start of next season for the Cardinals. Never really what you want to be doing as the playoffs are starting. Looking at next season, but that's where we are. And Wolf, you found a couple interesting quotes from Colt McCoy that are at least worth trying to parse through here because I don't know about you, but I'm just operating under the assumption that he's here next year. He is either the backup or if Kyler's missing just a game or two, maybe he's the starter. Talk about all the moving parts with this team right now. You don't know who your quarterback is. You don't know who your backup quarterback. You don't know who your GM. You don't know your coach. You don't know half your roster. Um, But, uh, it, the the quotes you sent over from the off campus show on Sirius XM yesterday. What would happen if like Colt McCoy was like, you know what? I'm, I'm just I, I've I've played in the league for a while and I'm done. I'm ready yeah, to move on. Like that, that would, would make be, me really nervous. Okay, I'm just huge saying. Huge twist. It's such a weird thing to say for a backup quarterback. Yet Colt McCoy is just one of those guys that I know how important it is when he steps into the huddle. Head snap up. There is respect inside that locker room for Colt McCoy. You know, I say it all the time. There are two times where your head will snap up in a huddle base, and Onion's number one. When a legend steps into the huddle, your head will snap up. And number two, when the backup quarterback steps into the huddle. And the reason being is because you, these backups don't get an awful lot of play time, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay, they don't typically. And you just are you're looking at the backup like, dude, are you okay? Are you going to be all right? <laughs> you know, I know you didn't have a lot of reps this week. I know you didn't. Are you going to be okay? Because if you're okay, I guarantee you, now, we'll be okay. Yeah, I'll just have to go out and do my job. And if I just go out and do my job, man, we're going to be okay. We have a shot to win this game because you're okay. <laughs> and then delay of game because you guys are talking to each other in the huddle for 45 minutes. But you get my point. Yes. It is it is imperative you've got that guy. That is Colt McCoy. Hey, listen. Colt McCoy steps into a huddle, and everybody in that huddle knows we got a chance to win this game. Everyone on the defensive side knows just go out and do your job because we have a chance to win this game he's always seemed like a glue guy to me on this team and then when that glue guy is your quarterback that's that's a bonus in my mind uh and and you know if he was a guy that they had to go to him he was just a terrible player then okay you know (laughs) you can you can have the ball boy be the glue guy or you can have a coach be the glue guy but he, he can contribute as well like you said it's weird to get too caught up in it when it's a backup quarterback but let's not just forget the fact that Kyler Murray listens to him, too. And right now, we don't know who Kyler Murray listens to, but we know he listens to Colt McCoy. We don't yeah. even know who else is going to be there. So here's some of Colt McCoy's comments from the off-campus show. Uh, I'm just going to start with this one about trusting the organization. Well, I think it it definitely is a change for everybody, right? And, you know, I think as a player, you just kind of got to trust Mr. Bidwell and and the direction he wants to this the organization to go in and 
you know, I think a, I think a GM is is equally as important as a head coach in in the kind of the landscape of the NFL these days, right? You you kind of want to have some camaraderie, like it's it's meshed, it's gelled together, like we're on the same page. Man, okay, so that's it right there. What is the first thing you think of when you listen to Cole McCoy? You say what he said. He's this isn't anything new, but he's definitely one of the leaders on this team. And that's what I was saying before. Before Hard Knocks, I thought he was a glue guy. Then you watch Hard Knocks and you kind of see how vocal he is. And I know he was starting some of those games, but even just in the quarterback room. And it's a very unstable time with the Cardinals. They could use every stabilizing force they have. Yeah, um, first of all, he said, I think a GM is equally as important as a head coach. Um, For me right now, I've said it before, I'll continue to say it. I think the most important hire an owner can make is the general manager. And it's because the general manager so much of the time is a guy that is involved heavily, heavily in actually your your head coach and who's going to be your next head coach. He's involved heavily in that. And because of that, it's the reason why I say the general manager is that important in many, many times as well. Although it is in a state of flux right now in the National Football League, although it is changing, the general manager doesn't have that kind of autonomy as he used to have. Yet at the same time, he is largely responsible for the players you're going to bring in as well, whether they're going to be free agents or draft picks. Many times they'll take the input of the coaches. There's no doubt about that. But they rely more on their scouts than they do the coaches. Yeah, I've been going back and forth on this a lot, really this season, kind of seeing where there was at least the possibility the Cardinals might be making a change at at one or both positions, and certainly this week because they have. And it's just like the GM's got his fingerprints all over everything. And, And chances are if they hire, if it's not Sean Payton, if they hire a GM and then a coach, and then three or four or five years from now they make a change, it's probably going to be the coach that gets changed before the GM. Um, but I tend to agree that they're just both equally important in different ways. Because your GM's he's he's responsible for part of your culture, but also the talent that you're going to have and like yeah. the depth on your roster. The coach is responsible for the other half of the culture, but also actually getting something out of the yes. talent. So you really you can't succeed with just one. Yeah, and that's why it's interesting too, because I'm with Colt on this big time, man. You've got to have that um, copacetic relationship between a general manager and a head coach, man. You've got to have that synergy and camaraderie, is what Colt McCoy said. It, it's got to be meshed and gelled together on the same page. That's what he was talking about. And that's why I thought it was interesting. There are two possibilities that are out there, two possibilities. The San Francisco 49er question, the possibility that is out there, the fact that you might actually have Rand Carthon and D'Amico Ryans, hypothetically. Once again, Rand Carthon could be hired as your general manager, who actually is in the front office of the 49ers, and then, of course, to hire D'Amico Ryans, their defensive coordinator. Those two are like-minded, I'm sure. It's one of the reasons why I think Michael Bidwell has targeted um, D'Amico Ryans and Adam Peters, of course, who in, who declined an interview mm-hmm. with the Cardinals. Adam Peters, the assistant general manager, and, uh, of course... Um, Rand Carthon. Which I still want to know why he declined, but that's a whole different uh, yeah, I know. conversation. That is a whole different. And then, just in housewives, Vance Joseph, of course, and Adrian Wilson. 
Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris. I, again, I'll continue to say it. These guys are going to be general managers at some point in time. Will it be here? There's synergy there. There is camaraderie there. There is a gelling there. There's like-mindedness there. All right, so what do you make of this comment from Colt McCoy? As you get older in the game, like you always sit down and think about and and analyze the things that went wrong last year, the things that went right, and you know, ask yourself, do I want to do I want to go through this again? Like, do I want to yeah. put all the effort and the time and, the, and I know what it takes to get ready for a season. And you know, for me, like that's a, that's a that's a good evaluation. That's kind of what you do these this next month or so, and um, you know, have a close eye on what happens in Arizona, and and uh, hopefully we get it get it all right and. Love my teammates, love the organization, and and I'm sure we will. Wow, you know what I when I heard that, it's so interesting because they, I thought to myself, my goodness, it sounds like he isn't sure he's coming back. Did that, you get that? It it sounds like I, I, it's not. It doesn't sound like a guy that's retiring, but it sounds like a guy that's like I'm at least going to look at it. Uh, every option's on the table, right? He's at least thinking like, hey, how would retirement feel? Do I Am I sure I want to go through this again? I mean, look, let's be real. The last four months, five months, really the last year with the Cardinals, that'll age you. <laughs> so if you're already towards the end of your career anyway, I mean, that was a brutal season every possible way. And Colt yeah. McCoy seems like an optimistic guy in just a storm of negativity for the past 12 months. Uh, do I think he'll be back? I do, but that, I also didn't expect to hear those comments from him. Yeah, you know, once again, it's just the fact that he he said, you know what, yeah, the, the next month or so, that's what I'm going to do. For me, that's a good evaluation, meaning, you know what, you're looking at all things, right, and you're mm-hmm. sitting there, you're looking at all things, that's kind of what you do for the next month or so. You know, do, do I want to go through this again? That's what he's alluding to. Do I want to go through this again? Um, boy, I, I hope I can he tell does. You I don't. I know. Colt, <laughs> you know what I'm telling you right now? I hope <laughs> you answer this one quickly. Uh, because I love Colt McCoy as the backup quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals going forward. Um, and I think once again, if you told me he was going to start the season for him, I'd be more than fine with that. Well, nobody wants to go through that again, Colt. So hopefully when, when you're weighing what you're going to come back to, if you come back, maybe, maybe go bigger picture and look at all the years of your career. Maybe don't look at this past season because ideally that was the outlier. It was just awful. It was, that was, that's got to be the worst season he's been involved with in his career. I know he was on some some teams that had bad records, but just expectations and everything going wrong off the field and we don't need to rehash it anymore. But uh, I'm with you. I I would like I would like Colt McCoy back. I'm not sure I want him starting the first if it's one game, sure. I, I, I just there's such an unknown with Kyler, but I like the influence he has over Kyler Murray. And I, I don't wanna I don't want to cater to Kyler when I'm rebuilding this team, but that seems like a guy I'd like to keep around if at all possible. All right, we come back. A lot of sports headlines today. We're going to go through as many of them as we can next in Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.